eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart. Welcome once again to Breaking Boston for Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. Andy Hart here alongside producer Fella Cooper Leonard. And we are going to talk Boston Red Sox this morning because if nothing else, you can love me, you can hate me, I don't care. I'm a man of my word. And the Boston Red Sox, thanks to a win in Oakland last night that you may or may not have seen, are out of last place in the AL East Officially, Cooper Leonard, you getting a clap? You getting a clap? clap? I get the clap. I'm, I'm the Red Sox clap? homer of the group. I, I, I don't know how good. long it's going to last, so we should clap. We should enjoy it. The Boston Red Sox no longer need a tiebreaker. None of that crap. They are ahead of the New York Yankees, thanks to that uh, bat-flipping phenom Shohei Otani and the Angels take part in a uh, win 4-3 over the Yankees. Red Sox 7 to nothing over the A's. And the star of the game, I think you'd have to say, is Nick Pavetta, who sort of unfairly breaks a record. Most strikeouts by a reliever in Red Sox history, but it's a modern record because they used an opener. And then six innings of Nick Pavetta, no hit baseball, no runs, 13 strikeouts. Again, yes, I could point out it's the Oakland A's, but I won't. I could point out that it's basically like a minor league rehab assignment start for Pavetta. You don't think Roger Clemens ever had like those cheapo 20 strikeout games? Come on. Um, this is cheaper than cheap, but no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're praising the Red Sox right now. We're praising Nick Pavetta. First of all, a guy who kind of bitched and moaned when he was sent to the bullpen, no longer in the starting rotation, although he is kind of now actually their fourth or fifth starter, the way they do things. But wait, we're not going to open it openers and started all of those things we're not going to get into all of that we are going to simply talk about the greatness the goodness the winning that is the boston red sox so i have my notes in front of me i believe it's eight of nine 11 of 12 and 18 and nine over the last month since july uh june 14th that is good baseball that's a team that's taking advantage 
of some opportunities against the Oakland A's, the Chicago Cubs. They have the New York Mets on the horizon. And I'm a big believer that the first step in all of sports is winning the games you're supposed to win, taking care of the business you're supposed to take care of. And if you don't do that, you're in trouble, especially if you're a mediocre team, mediocre uh, lineup. This team is hitting the baseball. This team has a bunch of guys suddenly that you feel really good about. For example, last night, you watch the game. Jaron Duran's up to bat. I actually bet on this for my bet du jour on the Rich Keefe show, but um, he doubles. Is it always a double? No, it's a Jaron Duran double. Because anytime he hits the ball, especially in a big ballpark like that, it can be a double and you manufacture a run. Ground ball to second base by Verdugo, go to third, sack fly, you're up one nothing. Love it, love it. That is good old-fashioned Little League baseball, first of all, when you get your speedy guy on and take advantage of his wheels. We're in a new era of baseball, and the Red Sox are playing modern baseball. And But you look at the lineup, most people in this lineup for the Boston Red Sox, like the team itself, are trending in the right direction. If you want to be a little worrywart, the one little worrywart thing is uh, Rafael Devers didn't play last night because of a little tightness in a calf that he experienced. Um, and he was just starting to truly look like heat up, get into one of those modes where you expect $300 million men like him to get into every once in a while where he was going to carry the baseball team. But you may not need him to carry you. You have guys like Yoshida, who has been essentially great all year long, I guess a little bit of a slow start, but has well surpassed. Potential rookie of the year now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he he absolutely. is legitimately in that conversation. And he should be. Now, well, he actually, he shouldn't be, but he should be. He shouldn't yeah, be. He's, he's not a rookie. He isn't a rookie by definition, but right. he is a rookie by definition. But by their rules, if you yeah. call him a rookie, he definitely is in the conversation. He's, he might be the oldest rookie to ever win rookie of the year. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what's his name did it when he came over? Um, Ichiro. Seattle. Ichiro. I don't know how old he was. but it's Ichiro, I think, thing. was 26. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's going to be one old-ass rookie. It's like a Disney movie. The 29-year-old rookie wins Rookie of the Year. What a story. Not really. But the story is he's a good baseball player. He's worth the contract they gave him. He's a professional hitter. He's got a little bit more pop than everybody who tried to make fun of him and say he had no pop. Um, but he's not the by any means the only guy justin turner who i don't know if people know he was a pretty good hitter last year for the dodgers he's a pretty good hitter for the boston red sox regardless of where he plays second base third base first base doubt D, i don't care he can hit and he and, was a guy where a note on that like he was a guy where everyone was starting to compare losing jd to oh well we supplemented that with old man jt and at first that was a joke and now it's legitimately like no, the, Heim Bloom did a great job of doing that. It, credit to Heim where credit is due. I, he is now a guy where he's not just the DH. He's a, someone that you can stick out at first base. Heck, even second base sometimes because also credit to Heim where credit is due. He messed up the middle infield. Yeah. So now you can also rely on JT even though you really shouldn't. But he is that type of player where JD Martinez, yeah, he's going to hit a whole bunch of home runs for the Dodgers, but he's not going to give them any infield versatility. And beyond the statistics and the numbers, and again, this is breaking Boston, July 18th, I'm finally giving the Boston Red Sox credit because they are finally out of last place. No tiebreakers needed. They are a game and a half out of the wild card. So you're trending in the right direction. You're chasing 
uh, I guess, a winnable beast, a beast you can overcome if you continue to play the type of baseball you are playing. So I will take you seriously now. I will listen to the ideas of, oh, the trade deadline is less than two weeks away. Should they be buyers? I will also listen to the idea of what you just brought up, Cooper Leonard. Has Heim Bloom done a decent job? Did he put together a decent baseball team? There's flaws, there's warts, there's holes. But there's also areas where you say, okay, that worked out better than I thought, probably closer to what he thought when he put this team together. And there will obviously be an opportunity to add pieces if that's what they're going to do. And that'll be the talking point. First and foremost, I think the talking point should be, or the acknowledgement should be, I think a lot of people thought right now, this this week, this time, this month, the d- biggest discussion with the Boston Red Sox would be, does Heim Bloom get to make any decisions? Or is Heim Bloom done? He is, I believe, in year four of a five-year deal. I think coming into the year, there were a lot of skeptics as to the roster. People like me are like, oh, you're in last place. You're still in last place. I don't care what the wild card is. You're a last place baseball team. Well, you're no longer in last place. And people may say, well, Andy, it's really just like a game, a half game. Why you get? No, no, no. It, to me, it matters. To me, like you cannot claim anything if you're the worst team in a group of five in your division. And I don't care. The division is good. So you have... In my eyes, people can tell me I'm stupid, but in my eyes, I think you've accomplished something. You've taken a step forward that I needed you to take, not only in your division and in sort of the standings, but just in a credibility mode. You're going in the right direction. You're trending upward as a lineup, maybe as a pitching staff. We're going to have to work our way through that in the coming weeks. There certainly could use some reinforcements there, and they may get some. Guys that are hurt are, are starting to make their way through the process to return. Maybe they'll add talent. But to me, Heimblum, the fact that he is now standing on solid ground, deciding what they're going to do over the next few weeks, that is a, that's an accomplishment for him. That's something that he should um, probably feel good about. I mean, the last few years has been more downs than ups in his tenure of the Boston Red Sox. And so he should, the stability he's feeling right now you know what, Heimblum? I'm going to hold my coffee, tip my wow. cap to you. You should enjoy a coffee this morning and just take a breath and Look say, you know that. what? He should. Say, We're not in last place. We're trending in the People are getting excited about some of my young players who are also, by the way, not just trending in the right direction. And we may have a future podcast where I uh, focus on Jaron Duran, but the young players, Jaron Duran, a guy that I think most people hated and wanted to run out of town a year ago, I'm now hearing people say, this guy's a building block. This guy's a part of the foundation of the future. We'll see if that lasts because baseball's a marathon. Sometimes these sprints can make you feel like you are something you aren't. And then the marathon kicks your ass later. But Tristan Casas, the last month, has turned a corner. Looks like a different hitter. Looks like a different guy. Um, you have Connor Wong last night with, I think, three RBI. Not that he is the next freaking Mike Piazza or something. Not that you suddenly won the Mookie Betts trade, but he's contributing. He's part of the positive story right now for your Boston Red Sox. And I think one of my biggest takeaways is, and Cooper, you may be able to speak on this, early in the year, there was a lot of talk about the clubhouse and the, the chemistry and the culture. And I sometimes mock that because I'm like, okay, that's great. You can, you guys can all be friends and get ice cream after the game. You're in last place. You suck. You're losing. You're making errors. You're not. But now the fact that they believe in themselves, they're proving to the world there's something to believe in. Their manager is always a, 
he's always going to promote that, right? Like these guys believed in themselves from day one. It's confident, but we're a good baseball team. We're Corey's a Ted in- Lasso type. That's the yeah, best way to paint him. 100%. But there's value in that. And they believe in themselves. And I do think they think they are a really good baseball team, a better than their collection of talent type baseball team. Okay, they don't have all-stars. They just don't. They don't no. have all-stars. Like, that the reality, like you look at the list of all stars, they don't have any. But their lineup, they think, well, he's good and he's going to get the hit he needs, or he's going to get move the guy over when he needs to. He's good. I trust him. Oh, he can come in. He'll get hot. Like I think their internal faith is part of their strength right now. No, yeah, you're 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 spot on. Where the fact is, there there are a lot of clubhouse emotions, and for people that listen to some other baseball podcasts, Jared Carabas's name redacted last week, he had Cotillo on and Cotillo made the proclamation that there is a not so well-kept secret that Kiki might not be the most favorable guy at uh, Fenway park right now. Hmm. Uh, and then another podcast that used to be under the Odyssey umbrella with Steve Peralt. They also confirmed the, the worst kept secret in that that is correct. Uh, Cotillo, though, went a bit further and said that last Thursday might be the last day that Kike would be on the Red Sox. Lo and behold, he's still here. Uh, but that it, like, it is accurate. They were rudderless without like a leader in that clubhouse. I think JT has now stepped up as that leader. Um, I can't really speak to any speculations of whether Kike is going to be there or not. I certainly have heard the grumblings. But it is like a matter of fact that like Cora is doing his absolute best to hold that clubhouse in together where it is and i think now it's really shining true i don't know how old those rumors were that those guys reported on because for the month of july i 10 and 2 now they're the mlb best it it's a completely different vibe of what you were getting in like early june late may of what this red sox team was so something has clicked maybe it was the fact that they're coming up on the deadline it's now a weird spot like you were talking about they're now in a position where they're not out of last. They're kind of creeping up on the wild card and they feel like they're in a better spot to buy. And I kind of look at it as this is uh, like, this is they're hitting di- like different credit lines with like discover or MasterCard. you know, like they're not in last place, but they're also out of last place. Let's give them that credit card that you get when you come out of high school and you're going into college, right? This is what you can buy with. If they can improve upon that, hopefully Heim can get a little bit more crazy with his spending I mean, I don't think they're going to get to a spot where they're buying, you know, Shohei Otani or they're buying Garrett Cole from the Yankees because the Yankees are just tanking right now. But in order to get that better pitcher for the immediate now, it's going to take a whole lot more wins and they don't have a whole lot of time left until August 1st, which is that deadline, four o'clock in the afternoon, tune into literally everywhere where no one will probably be talking about it uh, because that's just the way baseball goes. But They've got time, not a whole lot of it. It's going to be a Mission Impossible movie for Heim Bloom right now where this team is going and what he can do with them. And I'm just a big believer that anyone can have a great attitude. And at some point you need return on investment. You need, you know, the whole trust the process is great. It doesn't work. At some point, the process needs to yield results. We're all human beings. We all get beaten down. And at some point we can have the best coach, the best motivator, the best teammates, the best leaders. And it, you'd stop trusting the process. Why am I going to trust the process? We continue to lose. We continue to be in last place. We continue to be inconsistent, which this team has had a problem with. Every time earlier in the year, they want to hook you. They go on a little run. They win three out of four, or four out of six. Oh, and then, then they drop you. I mean, I said it to Turp over this weekend when we were texting about the Red Sox broadcast. Like, 
beforehand we were feeling good like they just absolutely pummeled the a's they're on now like a six game win streak if you exclude like taking out that little all-star break that broke it up and uh we were just like yeah this feels about like the right time where they really just fall flat on their face and that wasn't against the a's that was against the cubs game two against the cubs they get absolutely embarrassed that was it's like a warning the game like it's still like was a warning it's but still there like you're, it's still very much a possibility that they could slip they back won. and revert back to who they were they win game three they game they win game one and i actually think this a's series and we're talking about the red sox seven nothing win in oakland game one where nick pavetta goes six relief innings no hits no runs 13, 13 games. strikeouts ridiculous and the red sox are now out of last place in the al east no tiebreakers game and a half back of Houston in the wild card, I believe, or Houston's ahead of them. Um, and and there is momentum. There's positive momentum. And I think this is sneaky, most important series of the year or whatever you want to call it, because you're supposed to win it. Like these are the A's. They have 70 something losses. They're a terrible baseball team. I would defy anyone to name people on the A's. They're not trying to win. They are the Indians from major league. They're looking to move to Vegas. Every, they they play in front of, I don't know, single-digit thousands of fans in a massive football stadium. And it's hard to some – it's Major League Baseball. Stuff happens. It's hard to win all the time, even against a crappy team. And you said it, to bounce back from that Game 2 post-All-Star break loss in which James Paxton fell on his face in the third inning, walks, hit by pitch, then you get an error, grand slam. That could have been a, oh, crap, here we go again. Maybe we are just this floundering last place team with a little bit of fight and talent. They come out. They win the series finale against the Cubs. They win game one against the A's. If they take care of business, they don't even have to be great. Take care of business now against the A's. Two more games. Take care of business against the Mets. Then you have a challenge, a comp, a measuring stick, a barometer, right? With the Braves on the horizon. but. There is no question. You're just being an a-hole cynic if you say there isn't momentum, there isn't a positive feel, a positive tone that has evolved with this baseball team. You're you're just you're just sticking to your narrative like me. Like I, there was a narrative from me, and it was simple. You're a last place team. Like I was sticking to it because you were because the facts backed up my narrative. That's now, also like the safe approach to it because the, if they let you down. You're it's kind of like so yeah, like. Yeah. This is fool who they once, are. Fool this me is twice, who fool me three times, fool me four times. Like at some point, no, no, no. You are who your record says you are in Parcellian style. You are where you. Well, now they are who their record says they are. The team that's winning eight of its last ten or eight of nine, eleven of twelve. All those numbers I said earlier. And are they a great baseball team? Nope. Are they a World Series contender? I don't even believe that. In the world of everybody wants to tell me, you know, teams. Oh, the Braves a couple of years ago weren't that good, and then they won the World Series. Like. I don't, I'm not getting the cart before the horse now, but the horse is winning games. The horse is going in the right direction. The horse had a good meal, some water, some hay, and the horse is pulling hard in the right direction and give them credit for that. And they continue to show the knack for just guys that you probably don't think are great, Coop. I probably don't think are, are great players. They're not world beaters. Doing what they need to do, though. You know. Yep. You know who you have to beat? Not the world. You have to beat whatever baseball team is on the other side of the diamond on any given night. And you don't even have to beat them every given night. Core is right. I mean, people put too much into this because it's obvious. But if you win series, you're a good baseball team. 
You don't need to win every night. It's, it's simple math. Most of the series are three games. So if I win series, it means I win two and they win one. Then if I win the next series, I win two and they win one. Well, now I have four wins and they have two wins. And then if I win two and win one, I have six wins and they have three wins. And this is piling up to an impressive record, right? That's that how you- That was way too much math for me. That was, <laughs> oh my gosh. Very simple, actually. Yeah. Um, you're, if you win twice as often as you lose, you're a pretty good baseball team. It, well, you're a pretty good anything team in all Yeah, I mean, sport. boiled down, I mean, you're talking about like a six, 666 like win percentage. And that Very in baseball simple. is incredible. Like, incredible. You're not you typically have hitting room that. For error. You have room for yeah. error in there where you can lose an occasional series and still be a good baseball team. So we are doing it, the mea culpa or whatever you want to call it, the turning point on the Breaking Boston podcast. It took to mid-July but I am listening, Boston Red Sox. I'm listening. I'm watching. I'm looking to see if you are the team that you are pretending to be over the last month or so. And that's a pretty good baseball team. That's a, at very least, wild card caliber baseball team. A team that Heim Bloom, who has solidified his footing as the general manager or chief baseball officer or whatever the hell he calls himself or they call him, the guy who's making the decisions. He now has some interesting decisions to make if they can keep this going just a little bit longer because I think everybody agrees they could use a couple pitchers, even in addition to the ones they may get off the injured list. I think everybody agrees maybe they could use another bat, and there's going to be an opportunity. It looks like it could be a very interesting MLB trade deadline run here over the next two weeks, and the Red Sox are very much in the conversation thanks to a winning streak, thanks to not being in last place, thanks to competing for the wild card in an expanded playoff race, thanks to some games against the Oakland A's and the Chicago Cubs. But you can only eat the meal they put on the plate in front of you, and they're doing a good job of eating right now. For Cooper Leonard, I'm Andy Jumbo Hart. Each and every morning, we take Boston sports or the sports world in general, and we turn it on its ear. We talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes to start your sports day. And today is a day of celebration. The fourth place Boston Red Sox with an eye on moving on up those standings, continuing the winning streak, making manager Alex Cora look prescient in his confidence in his baseball team, and making for some interesting decisions for Heim Bloom. Red Sox beat the A's 7-0. Nick Pavetta is the star of the day, and we'll see if they can do it again in Oakland tonight. And we'll be back to talk about that or something else on the Breaking Bot Breaking Boston podcast tomorrow. Get that podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether that's the Odyssey app, the preferred method, or anywhere else you want to get it. If you want to go to Spotify, whatever, listen, click, send it to a friend. Hey, you know what I listened to this morning? Andy Hart and Coop Leonard, they're not bad, and, and they're not a-holes. They, they said the Red Sox are decent. So tell a friend, spread the word. Breaking Boston is here to stay for now each and every weekday morning talking Boston sports.